Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome in to episode number 449 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and DJ coming at you from Underground Studios. We just got back from Connecticut for an electric weekend of PLL coverage. Uh, shook some hands, saw some electric games. But while we were gone, it seems as though Philadelphia media types and Nick Castellanos are ready to throw down. Rocky style. Uh, so that's what this episode is pretty much going to be about. Two new-ish media members giving our perspective, our takes. I'm going to fix this so it doesn't look like DJ's getting impaled in his head <laughs> by the microphone. Uh, giving our takes on this whole situation because DJ and I get the opportunity and the, we're, we're fortunate enough to be in press conferences almost every single week, uh, 12 months a year almost, with the PLL, with the NLL. I've done it... Um, you know, with high school sports, I've done it with the Delaware Bluecoats. So, like, we've gotten an opportunity to get our feet wet in the media game, in the post-game interview game. So we're going to talk about it from our perspective because there's a lot of things going through our minds after seeing the full video, the clips, the Twitter interactions and everything. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram on Twitter. Make sure you enter our giveaway. It's our pin tweet for the Wolverine issue number 22, Brian Dawkins variant cover. It's sick. It is here. It's one of 3,000. Get your opportunity to enter there. Uh, all the informations on how to enter are in the tweet, so go check that out. Make sure you're following DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. There's no underscore on the layout because the underscore pops up as like a weird looking zero because uh, of the font we use. So take that as you will. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there and make sure you leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know your take on this whole Castellanos versus the media situation uh, or anything else in between, but make sure your rating is five stars because it really does go a long way and helps more people find the show. And, of course, subscribe to that Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, smash the like button, click the bell icon so you don't miss a single second of the content, and, of course, comment down below with everything we talk about on this episode and future episodes, plus every single Underground Sports Philadelphia show goes up on the YouTube. So make sure you go check that thing out. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro, Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, the best small badge eyewear in the game. Guys, it's been hot outside. If you're going to be outside, you got to protect those eyes from that sun and that's where tomahawk shades comes in 
Go to TomahawkShades.com. You get your sunglasses, blue light glasses, prescription lenses, all that good stuff at TomahawkShades.com. And when you use our code USP at checkout, that's USP, nice and simple, you get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, Deej just cracked open his very first Kenny. Shout out to the boys. Deej, what's the what's the review on the Kenwood Beer? It's wild because, you know, I'm not a beer drinker. Even when I do have a beerish type drink, most of the time it's a cider, uh, Angry Orchard Reds, that kind of stuff. Maybe a local if I'm around, depending. This, though, is a pretty solid beer. Like, if somebody was like, you got to drink beer, I'm going to drink Kenwood. It's it's, it's a solid 7.8 to 8 on uh, my beer scale, which doesn't have a lot of beers on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> take what you want with that, but it's definitely... A very solid beer. If you're a beer drinker, you will like Kenwood. So go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use that all-new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Bino Board. Go to BinoBoard.com and use code BinoUSP. That's B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P for 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. Deez, let's get into this. We were talking about this when we saw it on our way home. We were talking about it this morning after seeing the full clip. Nick Castellanos versus the media. Jim Salisbury. Then it bleeds down to Jamie Apodi and Matt Gelb going at each other. And it's like everybody in that scene from The Office just pointing at each other. Uh, Jim Salisbury, who I have tons of respect for. Um, you know, he's somebody who was a reason why I got into, like, the sports journalism type stuff. Uh... Asked Nick Castellanos after a game when the Phillies got swept by the Cubs, 100-plus degree weather. Nick's obviously had a down year this year. Did you hear the boos when you struck out in whatever inning it was? And Nick responds, that's a stupid question. That's a dumb question. To which you and I both agree, no disrespect to Jim Salisbury, that's a dumb question to ask in a press conference when you are the type of reporter that Jim Salisbury is for people out there, you know, who, who listen to this, who may not be Phillies fans, who may not know, you know, who Jim Salisbury is. He's like the guy when it comes to Philadelphia Phillies insider stuff. He's the guy to go to knowing who Jim Salisbury is like from a fan perspective and, you know, having a couple opportunities to, you know, talk to him. That was one of the worst, if not the worst question. I think Jim Salisbury's ever asked in his career. Like, who asks a fan, uh, a player after a game if they heard the boos? That's just, that is like, cue Bryce Harper from, what, what was it, 2013? That's a clown question, bro. So Same energy. Like, before I get into the actual question, I, shout out Nick. Like, awesome yes. answer. Because if that was me, I'm going to reply, do I have ears? Am I deaf? Did I just hear you? I think I heard the boos. Like, that's such an obvious question. Like, there's you don't need. Why add? I can't believe he asked himself. Now I'm under the question. I can't believe he asked himself that question and then decided to ask it to Nick. Because as someone who is in press conferences often, I ask myself a question before I ask yes. it to make sure it's a good question. Like, okay, if I was being asked this question, would I look and be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's fucking dumb. Or would I yes. just be like, okay, this is a good question and this is the answer. Obviously, he decided to not do that. Or he did it and said, 
huh, I wonder if Nick heard the booze. Let me ask Nick if he heard the booze. Like, to which Nick responded, no, I lost my hearing. <laughs> which is Great response. Fantastic. Great response. And, like, I think you and I have a much different perspective on this being the age we are, being that our, you know, go-to type of media is talking more than writing. Um, but we both come from writing backgrounds. You still write for your day job. I write from time to time. Like that's our, our, you know, that's our come up is, you know, the written word. I am of the ilk that like nobody, nobody cares about those types of questions either. If you're a fan of the Phillies and you know, the stature of Jim Salisbury, even if Nick responded in a way that, you know, got you what you wanted to hear, that's not what fan and like maybe that's us being naive to the target demo that Jim Salisbury and NBC Sports Philadelphia are trying to reach, which fine. But like I I truly had such a difficult time conceptualizing the fact that Jim Salisbury decided to ask that question. Nick responded in a way that I think nine out of 10 baseball players would have responded in a similar fashion after the circumstances of the Phillies getting swept. And then, you know, factor in the heat, everybody's on edge. It's post all-star break. And, you know, you just drop a series to a non-playoff team. Of course, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be on edge on top of Nick Cassianos is having a down season for his standards. And then for Jim Salisbury to like, you know, pull down his mask and like look like he was gonna like go after Nick Cassianos was such a immature move and such a like not Jim Salisbury thing to do. And then the people that are out there just like saying, How dare Nick Cassianos do this to the great Jim Salisbury? Like, why are we no offense? Like, you and I take this whole media thing very seriously, and like it's it's an honor to be able to do it, but. If we disappeared for some reason, the sport is going to go on, the teams are going to go on, and press conferences are not going to skip a beat. It's emphasized a bazillion times more in a major four sport where if somebody retired from the beat, the show goes on, ladies and gentlemen. It, I don't understand the like hierarchy mentality, like this, this God complex that some of these reporters and everything kind of like put in themselves that have been on a beat for so long and like I get like that's your one job but like in the grand scheme of it all like you you are not part of the team you cover the team it's it's a very different thing where it, it really seems like some of these older generation reporters feel like that they are part of the team and kind of get can get away with stuff like this and then are just like absolutely caught off guard and like offended when a player or a coach responds in a fashion the way Nick did it blows my mind sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform 
discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I wonder, like, I don't know, like, where it comes from. Like, I understand, like, doing a job for so long and being around, you know, an organization for so long. Like, you even see it, like, with fans, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. fans legitimately think that they're a part of an organization. And, like, organizations shout out their fans and, like, they give them respects. Which I think... To that ilk, I think fans are more more part of the team than the people covering the team. Oh, definitely. But like it's like those those fans, you know, that are like I did you know, like they should do this, they should do yeah. that, like they should hire me. I would be an awesome owner, awesome GM. Like that Okay, like, pal. Slow down, buddy. Like, yeah, you've been here. Yeah, you might have given some suggestions and right. maybe they listened to one that the, they didn't even know you said first off. <laughs> and and it worked but that doesn't mean that you actually know what you're doing that doesn't mean that you're actually putting anything into this organization other than your money because hello they're not giving you free tickets they're not giving you free merch they're not you know free food free drink none of that is happening for you you're coming and spending your money so that's what makes you a part of the organization right. so it's a give and take no matter really who you are if you want to be a part of an organization you have to give something and, you know, then you get to take something, you know, like as a fan, you have to give your money and you have to give your time, you know, as a player, you have to give your time. You have to go out and play as a coach, you know, same thing as a reporter media, you have to go and give your time, your money, you have to pay attention. And then you have to go and ask good questions and you have to ask questions and not be disrespectful and just give like you have to read the room. Mm-hmm. Read the like a lot of older reporters have gotten bad at reading the room. Yes, and that is what's causing a lot of riffraff. But like that's the give and take. There is you have to read the room, and you know give your give your questions, and then take your answers, whatever they may be, and then do fit with what you get. But so many have gotten used to what it was, where there was an emphasis on players being respectful to media and like upholding this certain image. And now players are like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here to play the sport, make my money and win championships. I, in all reality, I don't have to answer questions. If we want to be honest here, every athlete could Marshawn Lynch, every media reporter for the rest of life. And there's nothing we could do about it because in reality, they do not have to answer questions. They just have to show up and play. So just be respectful and you'll get the answers you want. And I've talked about this with a good buddy of the program, Wes Euler, who works for ESPN Pittsburgh. We talked about this last Eagles season when he came on Eagles enemies, which will be returning next month, which is wild to think about. Um, we're like, we were talking cause Wes is obviously from the Pittsburgh area. Pat McAfee's from the Pittsburgh area. Like fans of teams don't give a shit about these old school suit and tie journalists anymore. What they want to consume from a fan perspective, and I feel like you and I are the same way. 
We want to hear what the person who's sitting in their basement with a hat on backwards and a t-shirt has to say about the team. Because, in all honesty, the reporter, you're not giving a fan perspective. You're giving, you know, old, quote-unquote, old-school kind of look at how teams are covered and everything, which is great. It's a good perspective to have. But a majority of fans now do not care about that. They want to hear what somebody like them has to say. And I think that's why we, not to like toot our own horns here, but that's why we've been so successful. We've been able to kind of give that fan perspective by fans for fans, and that's what we were built on, and that's what all of our shows are pretty much built on. Um, And, you know, that's what Pat McAfee is built on. That's what stuff like The Ringer is built on. That's what stuff like Barstool is built on. Say what you want about any of those places, good or bad, but that's what they're giving you, and they're trying to reach their target demos as fans, you know, and, and I think that's where sports media has been trending for a long time. And it's really there now where there's so many different options for people to go and consume content as well, that the old school style of of covering a team or reporting on a sport is even more stressful now for the reporter that they're trying to kind of do too much. And like it, it kind of ends up like this where you have Jim Salisbury asking a, a rhetorical question for what it is. And it's almost to just try to get clicks and just continue to paint this bad fan narrative about Nick Castellanos, who was beloved coming in. Everybody wanted him here, us especially because he's our guy. He's having a down year. Every player has a down year in their career, unless your name is like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Barry Bonds. Like, every player has some sort of down year. And unfortunately, that's Nick Castellanos right now. But he's here for four more years after this. You're telling me he's going to go downward trajectory for the next four years in the prime of his career? I find that hard to believe. And for the people out there, like, doing the whole thing, like, how dare he say that to, to Jim? Shut the fuck up. Like, who are you to come out and, and say that type of shit? It blows my mind. And then it spiraled into Matt Gelb versus Jamie Apote, who, before this, Matt Gelb has had some some questionable takes on a certain outfielder with the number 37, who I won't name on this podcast because we don't talk about him. Um but Matt Gelb going at Jamie Apote and saying that she's a disgrace. Brother, I know you're on the beat and all this kind of stuff. I know all you do is cover the Phillies. But but let, let's not get it twisted here. What you do as a beat reporter for The Athletic is a different job than what Jamie Apote is assigned at a television station, 6ABC. She is there to go and do feature type stuff. She's there to kind of go and get story type of things. You're writing about the game day in and day out. You and Jamie Apote do very different jobs. To go and call her a disgrace is so ridiculous that like, I know everybody was was trying to put the spin on like, oh, you know, it's it's a bash against women and everything. No, it's a bash on a on somebody doing their job, flat out. 
Jamie Pody is very good at her job. Matt Gelb is a very good writer. There was no need for him to respond to a random account out of left field, pretty much. Like, the tweet thread here, for the people who have not seen it, is wild. Is wild. Um, so Matt Gelb goes and tweets, uh, the Phillies were swept by at home by the Cubs for the first time since July 25th to the 27th of 2000. The losing pitchers in that series, Chris Brock, Paul Bird, and Vicente Padilla. And then at Philly Sports Season, SZN, uh, tweets at him, is the full Castellanos interview available anywhere? Gelb says, it is, but it's not my footage, so I cannot share it. You could have ended it right there, bro. There was no need to continue the tweet. But then says, Jamie Apodi is a disgrace. And talk about a ratio. This man got 48 quote tweets on this bitch <laughs> to four regular retweets. Ouch. Like, quote tweets are always fun. So if you need some some funny content today, you can should go we, and look Should at we those read quote the quote tweets? tweets? Why not? Why not? You know what? We're going to be nice and give y'all some quote tweets right now. Fuck you, Matt Gelb, you absolute clown. Hi, at The Athletic. This is very misogyny, I, in my honest opinion. It can be perceived that way, I will say, because it is out of left field. She's not mentioned at all in any of the tweets, so it, it does feel like it's like some sort of deep-rooted, like, for lack of a better term, rivalry that he yeah. has with Jamie Apote. Uh, this soy boy, Matt Gelb, won't even tag her, probably didn't, and won't say it to her face, but go to Twitter, big boy. Big boy is such a great one. Um, baseball writers remain the biggest dorks in sports. Can kind of agree. A lot of baseball writers are pretty dorky. Um, not you picking a fight with a fellow Philly sports reporter because of a fight a reporter picked with a player. LOL, the athletic sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> Looks now? like it's not just Atlanta that has shitty at the athletic MLB writers. Love Ooh. a good Philly media fight. Did Jamie Apodi ask the stupid question to Nick Castellanos? Nope. It was Jim Salisbury's steak. Blame Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Blame Jim for his stupid question. Did you hear the booze? It's like asking, did you breathe any air? <laughs> Do he got gravy on the side? Would you tweet that to a male sports anchor? Serious question. I'd be pissed that you called a Philadelphia sports treasure at Jamie Apodi, uh, but you're a nobody writing for a publication nobody reads. Really professional. Must be easy hiding behind your phone. Every other Phillies beat writer. Insert Homer Simpson backing into the bushes gif. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Philadelphia. Beautiful. Jamie Apodi is a disgrace is objectively the funniest thing ever said on this website. Uh, let's see. Canceling my subscription to The Athletic. Be better, Matt. Love you, Jamie Apote. <laughs> He's on Twitter acting like an ass, and she's the disgrace. LMAO. Okay, buddy. Shout out to Liam Jenkins, the boy. It's not your footage, but this ratio is. Oh, man. Ratio. Castellanos may be sucking shit at hitting right now, but he's definitely nuked Philly sports media. Got him. Got him. Oh, man. He's mad he couldn't put it behind a paywall. <laughs> Insert picture of Ross from Friends. Get a load of this asshole. 
Bingo. Yeah. Just just poor poor decision by Matt Gelb. Think before you tweet. Um just a a wild type of situation. And then there was follow up with Matt Gelb and Jamie Apodi, um, that I'm gonna pull up here too. Oh, no way, I missed that. Yeah, they they kinda went back and forth a little bit. Uh I mean let's see here. Top bins, top tier commentary, top drawer, upper ninety. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's already no. I think that's how it we always went, goes. Like, 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 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. So Jamie Apodi quote tweeted, or yeah, it actually started here. So the footage can't share it. And then uh, somebody quote tweeted that tweet and said, your buddy, Matt Gelb. And Matt Gelb said, excited for her to come to the ballpark whenever that is, because it would be the first time she's here in months. And then Jamie Apodi says, you realize I don't choose when I go to the ballpark, right? It's not my job to be there every day. I go when the station wants me to. It's my job to anchor the sports, do feature stories, and then our and when our cameras capture something of interest, it's my job to put that out there. And then Gelb says, I'm sorry you have zero standing here. Congrats on all of the retweets. Come talk to me at the ballpark. Which that's where I think the like misogynistic type of shit kind of plays in. Saying that Jamie Apodi has no standing there when she is at the ballpark, does stuff with the Phillies all the time, is a scumbag move. Um, and I think 99% of Twitter agrees that everybody's team Jamie Apodi. Yeah, that was, that was where he was, he was out of line. It, that tweet got 183 quote tweets. Yeah. I don't even know if we should go through any of those, but like my, my thing with this is 48 year old beat writers say what? Like I'm not even... Play, playing cards is something you have to be weary about. Like, you can't just jump to a card right away. And I say that because I think cards are played too much. Mm -hmm. Is this a case of misogyny or is this just a case of a guy being like, you get more praise and looks because of your status, but you're never here at the ballpark. Whereas we are here every day and get overlooked. And, you know, if, if it is, that's awful. 
and and you know it should be thrown out and you know it should be handled accordingly but at the same time you have to look at the entire situation and look at both sides as you would in any situation i am definitely on jamie's side and this tweet is very interesting the only thing that gives misogyny here is zero standing yeah that's Especially when she's been around the team for as long as she has working at 6ABC. Like, and she dunked on him perfectly. Like, yes. laid out like her job description to a T. It's not her job to be there every day. She doesn't have to be there every day. But when her news station captures something, that is her job. To put that out there. Was the video edited? Sure. Could it have been put out there in the full two minutes? Because it was a two minute video? Absolutely. But Jamie also said she felt like the rest of the conversation didn't fit the context of what sh they were trying to put out for the story that she was talking about on the news. It's also very different when it's TV news versus written type of stuff. So there's a big difference there. Matt Gelb, I think, just needs to go outside, come back inside, and feel what air conditioning feels like when you stand outside for a little bit. Because I think Buddy's a little just too heated for no reason. Um, Tell him to take a ride with us. Yeah, I mean, we'll take you around. <laughs> I'll put him in the back seat, too. No windows. Yeah. And then let him get out of the car and feel the air conditioning on his face. Um, and I think he'll be just fine. He'll, he'll just, he's just fine. I think everybody needs to calm down. It's hot. It's yeah. the it's the dog yeah. days of the baseball season. Do I think baseball reporters are the, the reporters out there? Well, actually, I don't know. I think baseball might be either tied for goofiest or third goofiest with hockey. Um, because I feel like hockey writers feel like they're going to interview the president every single week. Uh, baseball writers, I feel like they just take everything way too seriously. And I don't know if that's because of the sport it is and it being like America's pastime and like the, the oldness of the sport. But man, do baseball teams... And or like organizations and media outlets, they need to bring in and infuse a youth movement in this sport because you know they talk about baseball being like dead all the time. Like, oh, it's a dead sport. It's an old man sport. Why don't we take a look in the mirror, baseball, and look at who's covering the sport, who's doing the broadcast for the sport? There's very few people that are young that are given an opportunity to cover baseball because it's like it's this sacred thing that's put behind, you know, these castle walls of, of sanctity of it being America's pastime. It's the old man's game. It's it's too pure. We can't bring in an infusion of youth. I'll say it right now. There's people out there that I go to for baseball coverage nationally that have nothing to do with a TV network, that have nothing to do with a written... Look at John Boy. That's your go-to baseball story. Look at Jared Carabas doing everything now with DraftKings. Those are two younger media, mem media members. They're not really like... Me they create content that target a younger demographic that are bringing the sport of baseball to a younger audience better than any team is better than any organization is better than any broadcast better than any beat is hands down i will say that until i'm blue in the face i'll go to them for national baseball content 
hundred times over. I'll go to people I know who are covering the Phillies on their own independently and giving their own takes on stuff before anything else because it's it it's you're you're more likely to relate to it because they're they're putting it out there for you. And that's the only way I think baseball is going to ever like get out of this lull that it's in in terms of people saying baseball is dead is when baseball gets its head out of its ass. Thank you Rob Manfred. Um, and allows more younger media members, more younger content people to get a foot in the door to cover the fucking sport. I mean, yeah, but I think it starts with former players. I think that's where it starts. Like, if you look at football, look at basketball, look at hockey, like, guys stop playing and the first thing they do is, like, go talk about it all day on somebody's TV channel. Like, that's where it starts. Like, you have to get guys that want to be a part of it that were already in it, and then they influence and push in new guys. Like, that's how it really, like, I, I can't think of any other way to really do it because, as we know as media people, like, getting in the business, even your foot in is, like, the hardest thing in the world. And then to try and be a broadcaster. And as we know, too, that, being in a sport that is trying to grow from the youth level up, Look at every media member that's in a press conference with us. Maybe one week out of the year, there's somebody who's 50 or older. Yep. Everyone else is at least, like, 35 or younger. That's what it needs. Like, let some of these, you know, YouTubers who are making content on their own go into a press conference and cover a team. Let somebody who's doing a Phillies podcast, solely a podcast, go into... Like, I think the the closest to... Yeah, like something. Like, I think the closest Phillies-wise of young media members is Phillies Nation. Shout out to them. They do fantastic work. But they also write. Like, they have a they have a website that they put out written content for, but they also have a podcast and everything. Tim Kelly does a great job as, as the site's deputy manager and everything, deputy editor. Destiny Legardo, fantastic covering the team. Ty Daubert, the whole crew. Johnny Heller, um... But that's like the closest I feel like we've gotten with the Phillies and allowing younger people to go and cover the team. You need, like, I use lacrosse as an example all the time. Every single media member is, like, young. And look at how the sport is presented. You want to bring in younger fans. You want to bring in a different audience. Let younger people bring the game to them. And that's what the media is supposed to do. You're bringing the game, you're bringing the players, you're bringing the environment to the fans because you're closer than they are. That's what you need. And I, I will die on that hill with baseball, especially. But every look at bat, look at basketball, look at the NBA. There's a ton of young people covering the NBA, bringing it to a a younger audience. We got a chance to meet Josiah this weekend, which was sick. Shout out to the homie. Um, he's bringing the NBA to a younger demographic. There are people bringing, you know, different teams and different sports to a younger demographic and baseball is just stuck in its ways and won't get out of its own way for whatever reason. And it leads to shit like this because these old school reporters think that they have this God complex that nobody is holier than thou. And 
when players who are of this era call them out on their bullshit, they feel like they're being offended. No, you're just asking a dumb question. Like, it, it blows my mind. Um, if I'm being honest, I think the only two sports that have held up through everything is football and hockey. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of rule change. There hasn't been a big difference in media. There hasn't been, you know, new people get opportunities, but then there's, you know, still some old school guys kicking it around. And for the most part, I think hockey does it very well. You start off young on the broadcast on TV, mm-hmm. and then when you start to hit the little older side, they kick you to the radio, which is where most of your uh, demographic is listening anyway. And I think so, hockey's done a good job, too, from like the digital perspective of – you know, bringing Josh Richards in as like the you know hockey ambassador, like youth hockey ambassador or whatever. It's from Toronto, like makes total sense to bring in somebody who's as big as he is on TikTok to bring the NHL to other people. And I think we've seen a lot more younger reporters and you know air quotes on reporters and like media members in hockey than any of the other sports. And then. I think the NBA just does a fantastic job because of the way that the sport is in terms of like bringing it to a young audience, the way that they, that it's more so about the players than a team. Yeah. But they've, the NBA has also ruined it at the same time because they've, they've almost completely neglected their older audience. Their older audience feels like the NBA is, has become artificial to what it used to be it's not the authentic nba they remember like that's a problem at the same time like you have to find a balance in between bringing the game to a younger audience and making it you know exciting for them but also leaving the core values and base values of the game so that the older community doesn't leave like you need both communities so that you're making money at the same time those kids need their parents to buy jerseys and you know to buy tickets and to go to games and spend money like you got to have both dynamics into it so that's why i say football and hockey have done the best they found a way to keep their old school traditional base values that the older community enjoys while also being exciting and bringing things to the game celebrations for example the old community hates celebrations but the new community you know the the new guys love it so what do they do they allow team celebrations for a very short minimal time if you go too long, it's a penalty. If you do anything too solo, too wild, it's a penalty. Like, they found a way to meet a middle where kids still enjoy it, but the old guys are like, okay, you made a play, you celebrated, now you got off and things are done. Like, you, you have to meet a middle ground, and baseball hasn't even budged on finding a middle ground. Yeah, they're still about, you know, 10 feet under muck and mud of trying to find a middle ground. Um I think the NFL, the the only thing I'll say with the NFL is, again, it's a lot more of the older-aged media members that are given that access. But I think I've started to see more younger media members get an opportunity in different markets. It's not a league-wide thing, but in different markets I've seen opportunities. Like, shout-out to my boy Demetrius and Zach Adal who've covered the Jaguars, you know, down there. And I think that's a different perspective, too, because the Jaguars are such a newer team that it gives that opportunity. I think, well, with, with that opportunity, it's different with football because 
the opportunity for the young guys is given through the players directly. Like players will just go out and be at, you know, like a TikToker's one-on-ones or like at a YouTuber's event. Like the players just go and show up and like look at the new and upcoming kids and like give those guys that respect to, you know, talk to them, get a little interview in and like, you know, show their face. Like versus like it's going to take a while before, you know, they get into the actual media space. But I think with the way the NFL is trending and them getting that those looks from the players first is going to have that's their foot in the door mm-hmm. as players going out and meeting them and coming to their events is that foot in the door. So then, you know, players can start, you know, just giving them access. And then it's like, OK, you're here because this player said you're here. Well, now we see that, you know, this is what you do. This is how you put out content. Now we'll start giving you media access as a team or as a league. So it. The NFL had kind of has a different with with that aspect because there's so many players and so many ways for guys to get in. It, it's a little bit easier for for kind of both sides to be represented in the media aspect. I also think with the NFL, so many former players just dive in and like are like, "All right, I have the money. I'm gonna start a podcast." Like, look at busting with the boys. I think they do a fantastic job covering the NFL. Pat McAfee, obviously. Um, I'm blanking on what the name of it is. The one that Ryan Clark's always on. Oh, what is it called? The Pivot. Oh. Um, they used to be with like I am athlete, and then they broke off. Um, but I feel like NFL more so than any other sport. They're just like, all right, I see McAfee doing this. I see Bustin' with the Boys doing this. I'm just gonna start my own podcast. Cause why not? Yeah. Like it, it does nothing but put eyes on the sport. And then that's when. That's where now I feel like more so than even a press conference, media people just go to the podcast for sound bites and clips and stuff like that. Probably. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, those guys just go to the press conference and then talk about it. And then there you go. Like, you got all the clips you need. Or you can watch them both and pull and those, out all the clips. those and- shows in particular, like The Pivot, Pat McAfee, Bustle, they're getting the guys that typically – are not going to open up about stuff and like be kind of, you know, just raw and natural self because of the platform they're on. Um, and just who they are. Yeah. They're like, you, you understand me. So I can be raw and open because mm-hmm. you're not going to flip my words. You're not going to twist right. them. You're not looking for an angle. You're genuinely just asking to have a conversation. Yeah. Which is wild. Uh, did you see the, the quote? Not that it's Eagles pertaining, but it, it kind of is because He'll always kind of be connected to the Eagles. Ravens fans should always thank the Eagles uh, for trading out of pick number 32 in that 2018 draft for Lamar Jackson. Did you see that quote from, like, that anonymous offensive coordinator today? I did not. Bro, it is wild about Lamar Jackson. Um, Let me pull it up because Kyle Barber tweeted about it. Uh, He covers the Ravens for Baltimore Beatdown. Let me find it. Here we go. Uh, quote on Lamar Jackson from a current NFL defensive coordinator. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's really a good football player. But I don't give a shit if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. What? <laughs> 
We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. What? <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around those words. It makes zero sense. Warren Sharp tweet, Lamar Jackson's early down passing outside the numbers last year. Number one in yards per attempt, 9.2. Number one in success rate, 57%. Number one in EPA per attempt, plus 0.33. While averaging 9.4 air yards per attempt, fifth highest. While being blitzed on 32% per- of attempts, fifth highest. But he's not a quarterback. It's insane to me. Um, and then we wonder why players are so uptight and contentious and stuff like this. Because even in their own realm of, yes, this might be a current defensive coordinator from somewhere else, but that's still within the landscape of the NFL and the coaches and players. When players are feeling like, this type of stuff is coming out and then they get asked about it by media members because they're going to ask about it. Then you get stuff like we saw with Nick Castellanos. That's when you get stuff like Marshawn Lynch. My thing with this though is what he started with. (laughs) If he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it, but like that's been the MO of of beating the Ravens is forcing them to pass late in the game. Forcing the game to be close and them being a behind and forcing them to play against the clock. Every time they lose, they're playing from behind against the clock and forcing them to throw, taking away the run game. Like I'm not saying he's necessarily right, but I'm saying you it, it's my like my philosophy on Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady's that good of a quarterback because he can't extend plays. He would rather get sacked or throw the ball away than to, you know, escape the pocket for a few seconds and throw an extra pass, you know, and, and extend the play and throw a pass. That's not that's not a full quality quarterback to me. He can't extend plays and maybe, you know, carry for a first down here and there. Like you are limiting yourself as a quarterback if you can't do those things. So like I think what he's getting at is that, like saying, until Lamar can become consistent throwing the ball and become both, you know, a quarterback that can extend plays, move his feet, run the ball, throw the ball, and and just make plays no matter the circumstance, he's not necessarily a complete quarterback. I don't agree with that. I think Lamar is very much a complete quarterback, but I understand where he's coming from. He cannot be the number one quarterback unless he can throw like the number one quarterback if I wouldn't want a quarterback that I can't trust to throw a touchdown pass at the end of the game if we need to win I think that's what he's getting at I'll say this for you as a Packers fan can you name a legit wide receiver 
I'm going to say wide receiver because yes, he has Mark Andrews and like, but because he has Mark Andrews as like his number one guy over the past say three four years, he's always going to catch that double team because he's the best pass catcher out there. I quite honestly cannot name a reputable receiver that Lamar Jackson has had in that Ravens system that I'd say, okay, I trust Lamar throwing the ball to him outside of Mark Andrews. Because when Hollywood Brown was there, it really didn't work. See, that, that, like, that's my thing about quarterbacks and wide receivers, and it's tough being a Packers fan. I have been spoiled my entire life. All I know is good quarterbacks who can work with awful wide receivers and throw them open. Like, I think it's not more on Lamar being trustworthy to throw the ball in that scenario, more on them to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. He's had open receivers, and they've literally just dropped the ball. Yeah, it's or like he Aaron, just hasn't had capable receivers. It's like Aaron Rodgers throwing to Marquez Valdez-Scantlin in the end zone multiple times, just dropped balls wide open. Like, that's not Aaron Rodgers. That's MVS. It's not Lamar Jackson all the time. It's sometimes his receivers, but sometimes it's Lamar Jackson as well. And it's like, just thinking of Lamar's career, like, I've just yearned for him to have a legit wide receiver. But, like I was just going to say, I think that's more on the team. Totally. 100% agree. As a Packers fan, I relate with Lamar Jackson more than anyone on the earth. Yeah, I completely understand Lamar because look at Jalen Hurts last year where the Eagles are down. They trade Zach Hurts. Sure, they have Dallas Goddard. I've had my gripes with Dallas Goddard a bit, but Devontae Smith being the only weapon, of course he's going to get double teamed. He's the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since when? Of course he's going to get double teamed. Who else did the Eagles have last year to catch passes? And you're all coming to Jalen Hurts saying, oh, he, he might not be the answered quarterback. And and he's not Devontae Adams. Right. So he's not going to beat the double team consistently. And mind you, Devontae Smith was a rookie last year catching double teams and still broke the Eagles' single-season rookie receiving record. Like, th- this is on, on the GM. Like, I'm not even going to get into my GM problems, but he, they – I won't just say he, they have consistently decided to not give the best quarterback in the NFL a number two receiver. And then this year they decided to just throw away the best receiver in the NFL. And somehow, you, and, some, and somehow I'm supposed to believe we're still going to win the NFC North. Like, no, I, be- I don't I believe, believe that. I do. I, I mean, sure, there's a small shred of doubt in, like, in me. And to believe that because we have Aaron Rodgers, because he can throw people open. I also look at your division. But in reality, our number one wide receiver right now is Randall, Randall Cobb? I question think, mark. I think it's the rookie. Jordan. Alan Lazard? Question mark. Christian Watson? Question mark. Yes. Amari Rodgers? Question mark. Like, everybody has a question mark next to their name because no one has shown in the last five years if they're worthy of being a number two receiver. I didn't even mention MVS. He has all the qualities to be a number two receiver, except he cannot catch. Didn't he leave? He probably did. Probably because they stopped playing him because he can't catch. Like, you're playing with the best quarterback in the NFL and you can't catch? You're playing on the wrong team. Hey, I'll be honest. Yeah, Marquez went to Kansas City. 
Um, he did. That's right. He's going to go play with Juju and all those guys. And still not going to catch patches from Pat. So, y'all Chiefs fans have fun. I'd rather have Marcus Valdez-Scantling than Jalen Rager. Uh, <laughs> uh. At least I've seen MVS catch passes. Barely. I, I can't tell you the last time Jalen Rager caught a pass. Without deleting his Twitter every two days. Fair enough. I mean, but he's going to be lucky if he makes the team this year. I, I will say, like, I've I've been concerned with Lamar's throwing, but not to the point to where I would say it makes him not a good quarterback. Yeah, and I think that was and more, more early on, too. Yeah. Than and I'm more concerned with his receiving core than anything mm-hmm. else, and that's on the team to get that together. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. We love talking about media stuff. Different type of podcast this week. Uh but before we go, yes, the Phillies got swept, but we got to look at the NL East run differential brought to you by our homies over at Pickup. Go to playpickup.com. Start playing the hottest headlines in sports, including the season-long NL East run differential prop. Rack up points on your fan profiles. Cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That's playpickup.com. Deej, the Mets are still somehow in first place in the NL East. They are leading the way with a plus 82 run differential. The Atlanta Braves, a game and a half back in the division with a plus 76 run differential. The Phillies, after getting embarrassed and swept by the Chicago Cubs this weekend, are nine and a half back in the division uh, and at a plus 44 run differential. So the run differential is taking about a 20-run dip. Uh, The Marlins, five games under 500 at minus 13. And the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, at 32 and 65, 27 and a half games back in the division with a minus 162 run differential, which is still the worst in all of baseball. The crazier part to me is the Pittsburgh Pirates are still somehow third in the NL Central with a negative 141 run differential, and there's still two teams behind them record wise. But hopefully, not for long. I need the Pirates to finish with the worst record in baseball. Which it's not going to happen because the Nationals exist. <laughs> but I need I need the Pirates to finish with the worst record in baseball. I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, my boys are trying to give them a run for the money too. They're doing half, not even halfway decent. Hey, Tigers are only two games behind the Pirates. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're behind them right now. Well, I, I just need the Nationals to win a few more games, just not against the Phillies, uh, so they can get out of that basement so that the Pirates can win and my preseason uh, prediction can cash. I mean, you just heard right there. Isn't it wild, though, that they are in third place in their division, 40-56. and 56. They're not the worst team in their division, but they have the second worst run differential in all of baseball. We probably have the worst. No, the Nationals do. Minus okay. 162. Pirates are minus 141. And we're what? One... Minus 124. Yeah, yeah. Which it's probably like what, is... fifth worst? Third worst. But not by much. Awesome. Because Oakland's minus 118. We're stringing it together, Tigers. One year at a time. Hey, I told you this was a building year. Oh, I know. I know. But worst record in baseball is not building. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's actually going down. Like we weren't worse last year. So <laughs> Hey, better draft pick. 
No, I'm not a fan of tanking. I'm not. I am a fan of going out and trying calculated our, losing. <laughs> going out and trying <laughs> our best. And if we lose, then so be it. But we oh, go out and put out man. full effort 100% of the time. Yeah, hopefully the Phillies put out some full effort. Uh, you know, just playing the Braves this week. No big deal. Get your shit together, Phils. Phils media people, get your shit together. And uh, Nick Castellanos, shout out to you. You're the homie. Just start. Just play, play smooth and, and relax. Just Take walk away next time. Just relax. Real, real talk, just walk away. I think, I think Nick just needs a massage. They might think that's disrespectful, but protect your energy, bro. Just walk Facts. away. Just go home. Don't even don't even ask and answer no more questions. Turn around, grab your hat, grab your keys, and leave. I loved I loved it though. <laughs> I lost my hearing, <laughs> but I got it back right after the game. So I heard your question. <laughs> a dumb question bro uh that's all we got for you guys for this episode make sure you're following us on the socials at underground phi on twitter and on instagram follow dj on twitter at scs underscore next great follow me at kbizzl 311 check out the website underground sports philadelphia.com for all of our written content subscribe to the podcast feed apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcasts we are there and leave those five star ratings and reviews and, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Click the bell icon and comment down below with your biggest dumb question possible. Leave all the dumb questions in the comment section. We'll read them on Wednesday night show on twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi with myself and Matt. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tom Oakshade's Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. All of their information is linked in the description uh, on YouTube and, of course, in the show notes on audio. This has been episode number 449 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Back for the big 450 on Wednesday night. But until then, we're getting the heck out of here. Peace. Peace.